fantastic edition of the Heat Ratio. I'm your host, Tony Cotillo, at TCotillo23. My co-host sitting across from me uh, at PGHJohn36, Mr. John Coker. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing spectacular. How you doing? Well, you know, after we got a little, we got a little sound issues, so apologize. I think we sound great. Well, we have some, you know, some, uh, I'd say, music, uh, sound ghosts going on in the studio right now, but I think all should be pretty good. Hopefully it's not no Patriot ghost, man. We, we, we <laughs> the ghost need... of Mr. Belichick. Uh, yeah, yeah. Hopefully he'll retire and, and be a ghost, man. Hopefully we'll make them retire. Speaking on that point, I mean, this is Super Bowl week, right? This is Super Bowl week. This is Eagles week. Uh, it's funny. I just got done doing an interview on Fox 40 out in Sacramento, California. And, of course, they're a little disconnected from the Philadelphia audience. And the first thing they brought out was a little bit about the fans. And, you know, is it all, you know... But guess what? I don't want to talk about the fans anymore because that's old news. We're talking Super Bowl. This is media week. We've seen the interviews. We've seen some of the videos, the hype videos, uh, unscripted videos on YouTube, which is amazing. Uh, but, you know, this is what it's all about, man. All the stakes are high. Uh, you know, all the, the odds are out, and we're ready to roll. Yeah, yeah, I'll tell you, when you're in the Super Bowl, this is basically the best two weeks of the year. Because it's just constant talk, the you know the build up for the big game, adrenaline's flowing, everybody's happy. I mean, you go to it doesn't matter what happens, everybody's happy for two weeks. Everybody's on the same team, and I'll tell you what, it it's just a, a pleasure to you know be able to do that. Go you know even go to the Super Bowl. Hopefully, it continues you know all year long. But um, yeah, these these two weeks you really got to relish it, and especially the national media, the exposure. I mean. Everyone across the country is, you know, it's, this is a big game. This is the topic, you know, so it's good to be in the spotlight. It is. It looks kind of looks kind of weird when you look up at the podium and you see Nick Foles and Tom Brady. I mean, I, I, I still I still laugh and, you know, everybody talks about Napoleon Dynamite and all that. It, it, it is pretty funny. I, you know, I feel like I need Tom Brady to ask him for a couple tater tots or something. But, you know, that being said, you're a Pittsburgh guy. We all know that. Born and raised, right? Pittsburgh's own Steel City Steelers. You guys have been there before. We haven't been there in since '04. Uh, let's face it. But how do you, you know? How do you how do you come to grips with all the attention all week? You know, as a fan, not as a player, as a fan, right. you've been there. What do you watch? Do you, what do you take in consideration? What do you throw out the window? What do you do as a true Super Bowl fan uh, of a, a guy who's a fan of a team that's in the Super Bowl? I mean, I like the national media. You, I mean, we all listen to our local sports all year long. You know what I mean? And shout out to them. They give you the best coverage. Shit, we are local I mean? sports. Oh, oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> but, you know. Shout out to the heat ratio. But yeah. no, I'm just kidding. But, you know, I like listening to the local broadcast. Usually get more in-depth analysis, you know, for what's going on in the locker room. Coaches, you know, all those types of things. But, um you know, Super Bowl week, I like listening to the national media, NFL Network, ESPN. I mean, constantly on one sports channel, there's national media coverage of the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? So that's that's how I like doing it because I enjoyed that spotlight. You know what I mean? You follow it all year long. Yep. You know, I think you said in one of the episodes before, we don't need any extra fans on our side. We don't, but it's nope. nice. it's nice to have everybody watching you. You know what I mean? Be the fan that you yep. are supporting your team you know what i mean in we don't the biggest need, game we don't need bulletin board material we don't need any bandwagon fans we don't need any listen if you were with us from day one excellent 
jump on board and stay on the ride. If you were with us, you know, from the playoffs, good. Stay with us, jump on the ride. But if you, you, you doubted us in week one of the playoffs, and if you doubted us in week two of the playoffs, guess what? Go to New England. Go to your Boston Tea Party. Go, you know, go with all your fake news, okay? And you can stick over there in Gillette Stadium with the Patriots because we don't want you. Yeah. And, hey, the other thing I'd say, stick to your rituals. Yes. Whatever you did. Yes. What, you know, whatever you did all season, what you did for the playoffs, man, keep with it. I, like I said last week, don't go wearing your brand new no, shirts and no, this and that. No. You can wear that to the party the night before, but when it comes to game time, you better get your uniform on. And, you let, and let me mean? tell you something. When we win... It's going to be like a week long celebration. This isn't going. This isn't going to be a day or one parade. I'll tell you, this is going to. You know, this might go on the entire off season. I mean, because let's face it, it we're not going to know how to act. We're really not. I mean, I, I'm still in awe. I, I still think this feeling is surreal that we're going to the Super Bowl again. Uh, I never thought I would say it this year. I really didn't. So I think it makes it that more prestigious. But I mean, as a fan, you hit the nail on the head. I mean. You know, just think about how it's changed over the years. We, you know, now you have NFL Network, you have ESPN, oh, yeah. you have your local coverages, you have your blogs, you have your websites, you have your social media. You have people all over. I mean, I've connected with Boston writers. I've connected with writers on a national level, just exchanging ideas. I mean, this wasn't there 20 years ago. This wasn't there in 2004 when the Eagles went there last time. So. I just think all of that has changed, and it's definitely changed the national perspective as well as the local one. Right. Yeah, I, I saw in the news that uh, last time the Eagles were in it, the iPhones weren't even out yet. You know what I mean? That just goes to show you. Exactly. Like, can you exactly. imagine, like, the iPhones weren't out yet? I mean, that means nobody. I mean, there were kids sitting at the dinner table talking to their parents, not glued to their phones. You know what I mean? People were reading the Daily News yeah. and the Inquirer was oh, getting delivered daily, yeah. right? People there talk, was no tablets. Yeah, people talk to each other. You know what I mean? It was a different time. Now you go somewhere and everybody's walking with their head down. And it, uh, it cracks me up. I, I was at an <laughs> intersection the other day, and somebody's crossing the street staring at their face is a main intersection like a and they're staring at their phone crossing the street uh, I, I, listen I, I i'm I, i'm guilty i am uh, I, i'm that guy and you know come on you've been that guy where you're like okay it's a red light and i gotta turn only lane so you know what i'm good for like two minutes you're sitting there on your phone next thing you know either my sons are going dad dad wake up Get off your phone. It's time to turn or the guys be, be listen, it's unfortunately it's just the on demand style of the way things are being reported nowadays. It, it really is. I'm not I'm not condoning it, but I'm just saying it seems like you always need to be on the cusp of every breaking second. And and everything's recorded. Yeah, everything, you can't do nothing everything, without uh everything. without somebody having it on tape with all the private surveys. Not just that. Phones, what, 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 what did you get your stats from? Like what, what we were sitting here talking and we're talking about past Super Bowls and you know what the Eagles did in 2004. Where did you get your stats from? Oh, the yeah. internet was you know there was no 4G. The, I mean there was an internet, but it had, wasn't. You had to. Have, there was no wireless. No. I mean I, I did have a desktop that had a wired connection, yeah. and there were stats of 56. Now, K yeah, connection. Now, yeah, now you go back. Yeah, wow. go back five years before that, and you're waiting for the USA Today. Absolutely, and that I, that was pretty much it. You know, what I mean, the same thing. Completely with the, different with the now. coverage. I mean, you would have. What I mean, what was CBS's coverage like back in like the early two late nineties, early two thousands? I mean, what they might have an hour and a half before game time on Sundays, and yeah. that was it. I mean, now you have. I mean, every yeah, ESPN, network has their own. ESPN. Game. I must admit, Berman's been doing that for a long time with. Uh, 
NFL game day back in the oh, day. That, him and uh, uh, Tom Jackson and Tom whole Jackson, group. Chris Borton. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That I'll tell you what. That was probably my favorite show, like my favorite broadcast to ever watch because they were true analysts. Oh yeah, that's what they were. Yeah. And Berman, yeah. man, that guy's a character. I love that guy. Uh, yeah, you know, I know he gets a lot of hate, but how can you hate Chris Berman? Seriously, yeah. I mean, he, he, you know, he's tumultuous with my with my upbringing, watching baseball tonight with the yeah, you know, back, 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 back. I mean, yep. that's just the guy I look to. I, yep. I loved baseball tonight, and it's just you know, and they're the guys that we relate to. It's good that you brought that up because you know you relate to guys like that. Baseball, you talk about a guy like Jason Stark. You know, you, you're the professor, you know, uh, in football, uh, help me out. The professor from ESPN. Why am I drawing a blank? Oh, I know who you mean. You know who I'm talking yeah. about. Well, I, I, it'll come off my tongue. But, again, John Clayton. Yeah, I professor was going to say John, John, John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Peter Gammons of yep. baseball. I mean, yep. these guys are synonymous with the sport. These are the guys we grow. I look for that. What now. About, hey, we got a, we got another two months for Dickie V. Yeah. For March Madness. You want to talk about probably another guy. One, one of the biggest. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I mean, and to me, and not to get off track, but it's a good conversation piece because that's what being a true fan's about. That's what sports are all about. You 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 live in the moment. You follow certain people. Uh, you, you know, you bond with these and guys. And you look right. You, you really do. To them. Yep. Yep. You, you bond, and, and that's the thing. You know, when ESPN made all their cuts, and they, they you know, a lot of senior writers. You know, left left the show, and I think a lot of them with the Fox Sports now, who's actually doing very well. But it's just a different time because you know it, it does. It, it's breathed new life into the sports scene. It's helped guys like me or you. It's helped guys, you know, the low budget guy who's getting the start on his own, and you know has his own studio, but doing his his new show and podcasting has really come to light. And you know, even the the, the national writers are getting pocket. Buster Allen, he has a pocket. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know the, the Mort Report. We all know. I mean, these guys know that's the way you need to go in order to get your you know get your views, get your viewership, and to stay involved because the paper, the articles, they're not always there anymore. They're not. Uh, you know, it used to be article every day. Now you get like one good one a week. So at times have really changed. They really have. Yep. Oh, I was getting a newspaper delivered for. Uh, I know you're I, a newspaper. I, I can't. You're a newspaper and a coffee you, guy. Yes, I am. I but know you that. Know what? But I, I canceled it. I canceled it. Like when they started going to the digital editions and adding, uh, there was additional costs. Yeah, paper. It's just going by the wayside. No, but you know what I mean. There's just, unfortunately, and uh, you know that generation that used to sit down with their coffee in the morning and read their newspaper are gone. Now everybody... Our kids will I, never know what a newspaper no, is. You every, know that, Everybody, right? what do you They're do? They're never going to... A the newspaper? Thing, the first What's thing, a newspaper? The first thing you do when you wake up is you look at your Facebook feed, yes. your text, your tweets, yep. and all That's those it. different things. That's what it's and all then, about. And then whatever sports notification you might have... You know, what I mean, fantasy related or you know, yeah. sports news. You're absolutely and then, right. And that's basically the first hour of your day. What do you need a newspaper for? That stuff was written at five o'clock last night. You know, what I mean, you're waking up. There's already news going on. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's just the times have changed so drastically. They really yep. haven't. And I'll tell you what, if you don't get on board and you don't follow, yep. you are going to be left in the dust. I hate to say it, but yeah. you really, I mean, magazines, I think Sports Illustrated. I mean, I remember I was in love, sport, I could not wait to get that that weekly edition of Sports Illustrated. Who was yep. going to be on the cover, right? Who was going to be on the cover? That was the big deal. Now, 
Who's going to be on the cover of the website? Who's going to be on? It's a, who's going to have the favorite meme of the week? Who's going to have the favorite uh, uh, the gift of the week? Who's going to have all you know the Instagram uh, post? Uh, the, the, what do they call it? The Snapchat store? Uh, I'm not even big on Snapchat. <laughs> I mean, you know, thank God I have a teenager at home because she just helps me prod and and learn and all through all the social media. But it's definitely something that has taken over and. I honestly think it's not a bad thing. I really don't. Yeah. See, you said Sports Illustrated. For me. Yeah. Oh, for me, there was no no doubt Baseball Weekly and Sports Weekly that came out every week. The newspaper. They had, you know, all yeah. the different fantasy stuff. They had, oh, i tell you what. It, back in the day, it was just Baseball Weekly. Uh, then it was. Speaking of baseball, I got one for weekly. you. How about TV show This Week in Baseball? I mean, that was my favorite. I could not wait for this week in baseball, mm-hmm. right? And yep. that was the show. It was on. You had a couple highlights. And it was only on Saturdays. Just think about that. Yep. You had to wait a whole week to see a sports story in, in the Major League Baseball. Yep. Now, it's every 30 seconds. I well, mean, it's I every 30 yep. seconds. I used to have to wait a week to watch Abbott and Costello, too. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> uh, three Stooges. I mean, yeah. I mean, listen. I, you know, we could go on all day, but it's always nice to re- reminisce and and revisit the way we used to get our information. But I mean, you know, th- th- this game a lot has come out this week, and you know, you see, I don't know if it's it's a set. You know, Tom Brady goes on a radio show to talk about his five year old being a weasel and a brat. It kind of hangs up. I mean, now everybody's being sympathetic to Tom. Then a story comes out: who shakes their hand with a glove? You know, then why didn't he take the glove off when he shook Nick Foles' hand? You know, I, listen, I'm not reading into any of this. I'm really not. And no. What I'm reading into is these players and the Philadelphia Eagles are loose. They're loose. They're out there. They're having a good time. Their story hasn't changed. Their minds hasn't changed. Their their opinions haven't changed. Their interviews haven't changed. They're focused on one thing, and I think that's a credit to everybody on that coaching staff because this moment can get you sucked in, right? This can suck you in this week. You know, it, it can suck you in, and then when all the, the, the lights are flashing and all the phones are going and everybody's talking, when you can step onto that field in Minneapolis, you know, in the Dome in Minnesota, everything could change. But I don't have that feeling about I'll this. I'll tell team. you, well, it's not easy for them, guys. You Look at the media attention, all these, all these things that they have to go to. You know what I mean? Talking about all these press conferences with 50 million people, stars, all these people there, you know, always bumping into people. There's always, there, there is no there. way that you cannot get caught up into it because even, okay, you're in the locker room. Oh, I got to get a suit on because I got to go do this, do this interview, do that. I'm just saying there is no way because you don't have that type of exposure all season long. Right. You don't. Whether, you don't. Whether, but, but 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 let's say I'm not. I'm not saying that it's getting in their head. I'm just saying, it. You know, New England's been through this, so they kind of know. Okay, I know. I made the mistake year one. You know what I mean? Uh, year two, I was able to do this. Yeah, that really helps out. You got guys in the locker room trying to help the other guys on how best to handle it. I'm just saying they don't really have it, and I can see that it would be an overwhelming thing. Just because, you know, not saying that when they're on the practice field, they're not focused, not saying that when they have, you know, their time, they're not going over the playbook and this and that or doing the film, they have time for that. But even outside of that, you're just, your your mind is, you know, all football season, your mind is on playing football and you do your couple spots here and there. But now you have two weeks of nonstop and you know, these guys ain't getting much sleep because they're so pumped up. I mean, I don't. I don't think it's going to affect them 
but I can see how it could affect many teams. No, it could. And, and, and we don't know how it affected them in 2004. We really don't. There was a lot of storylines in that game. You know, obviously, T.O. coming back from injury. Uh, you know, the whole thing about him, McNabb. You know, even though they were they were on point, there were still some, you know, there, there, were, there was a little trouble in paradise out there at that time. But they had a guy like Brian Dawkins, right? They had a guy like Brian Dawkins uh Jeremiah Trotter, they had, you know, right? They had mm. these guys, the, the, the these veteran leaders who you mistakenly or not mistakenly who you vividly have talked about. But I think now Malcolm Jenkins, right? Mm. I, I keep saying, you know, just to touch on Malcolm Jenkins real fast. This guy, I, I say he's a poor man's Brian Dawkins, and and I, and I won't say that in a disrespectful way. I just say that because Brian Dawkins was so synonymous to that Eagle Green, to that defense, to this city, to this town, to this franchise. And when we signed Malcolm Jenkins, do you remember? And I, I was one of those guys. I, I didn't say I liked it. I didn't say I loved it. But people hated that signing. When he came for the Saints, they said, why are we signing this guy, T.J. Ward, right? They wanted T.J. Ward. They wanted Jarius Bird, right? So they, they want the, the big flashy guy. Where's Jarius Bird right now? Yep. Yeah, uh, planner yep. flashitis. Where's TJ Ward? Not even playing in the NFL, right? Or I think he went to Tampa maybe and tried to you know or, you know reclaim some fame, but I don't think it really worked out. But again, look at Malcolm Jenkins. This guy has been a true leader through all the adversity, through all the years, and I think he does that. He gets them through. Chris Long, another guy. On the, that front, I call it a front seven because it really is seven guys on that line with the rotation that just keeps this guy fresh. He has what it takes to get to this big dance. I mean, these are guys who've been there, right? Jason Peters, he's never been to a Super Bowl, but again, he's on the sideline and he's been in this league for 10 plus years. He knows what it takes to win. So I really think that they're going to be okay in, in that perspective. What I just worry about is when they get on the field, and they look over, and they see the GOAT, and they say Bill Belichick, and I hope they just don't, you know, I'm not going to say they fear them. I just don't want them to be intimidated. I really don't. See, and, and I'm like the exact opposite of you, because when they get on that field. <laughs> There's a shot. Exactly. When they get on that field, I don't care, especially if you see that, and you have the chance to beat the best, if you don't come with your 110% effort, you shouldn't be in the league. You're period. right. But that doesn't do mean not, we're all like that. No, but I don't see any of those guys, especially with with the... Got a, young, un, a lot of young guys in this team, dude. I don't care. A lot of young guys. I don't care. Just saying. Well, were they... Jalen Mills. They, was he scared Jaylen last Mills. week? Was he scared the week before? Yeah, but let me... Yeah, come on. It's Mike Zimmer. I, I don't care. Come the on. Point it's is, Mike Zimmer they, and Case Keenum. What I'm are you not, being scared of? I'm not of? saying that any... That there's, yeah, but I'm saying you're looking at those made, individuals. You're any, looking at two guys. Bill Belichick, Tom Brady. That's who you're looking at. How can you tell me they're not intimidating? I don't think it's... I would be intimidated. I wouldn't. How? I would not. I would not be intimidated. I disagree. No. I I would know that I got to play the game of my life, and I got to hold my own to help my team win a Super Bowl. Listen, I'm not saying it's all game, but I'm saying the first couple minutes, you got to be intimidated. The intimidation for me would be, holy crap, I'm at the Super Bowl. Look at all these people. Look at all these festivities. Look at this. I got to play football here. Right. That's going to be more intimidating. Feeling like I got the weight on my shoulders. Okay, that's fine. And, and but the, but, but and what Belichick. happens when you do when, when you do say that to yourself? You're looking at the fans. You're looking at the, the cameras and and you know all the nostalgia. And then you look over and said instead of Tom Brady, it's Blake Bortles. 
okay, and Doug Marone. You're not as intimidated. But when you have that intimidation factor, then you look at the other side and you see Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, guess what? You're double intimidated. That's all I'm saying. Now, whether that lasts the whole game, I'm not saying it will. But what I'm saying is that's my only fear. Don't fall into that trap because most people do. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, you oh, you got to play him hard. You got to play him hard. Halves, and, and right? I'm sorry if you get in, if you get intimidated, you shouldn't be in the league. You uh, listen, I don't disagree with you, but I I don't think it, it indirectly, I think it just happens, man. It just happens. Come on, you've played sports before, you coach sports just yep. like I do. I've all, I've been intimidated for for maybe 30 seconds. But it's natural. It's natural. You don't you don't think when the 76ers in 2001 go out to the L.A. Lakers and they go in the Lakers' house, Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal, that none of those guys were intimidated? You don't think Larry Brown was just even for 10 seconds? Hell yeah, he was. But it's it's how you deal with that afterwards. It's how you take that intimidation, you throw it to the side, and then you man up and you ball out. That's what it's all about. But what I'm saying is I just hope that they can man up and ball out. I think they will. But there's still a little, a little bit inside of me that says I, I, I just hope they don't get caught up in that atmosphere. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't, I don't see them getting caught up in that in the whole Brady Belichick thing. Well, no, but no, they, okay, they, they, gotta, just, they gotta come with their A game. They period. do, and and, and and elaborate on that. So you know, we're talking about keys to game, keys to victory, because I'm so you know we're we're going to be talking to Super Bowl win next Wednesday, twelve to one wildfire sports, the heat ratio. That's what we do. That's what we will be doing. So. How are we going to get to that victory? Well, I mean, you you mentioned Jalen Mills and seeing Brady across the side. Well, here, I'm going to tell you this. You're Fletcher Cox, and you see Brady across the side. You want to rip his head off. Fletcher I mean, Cox, period. I agree. Well, I'm just, okay, You're so right. that, that's one. Right. What about the other guy? Dude, they know the key to beating Brady is to get in his face. You ain't got to sack him necessarily. You got to get his feet moving. Even if it's in the pocket, he'll let that pocket collapse. And if you know what I mean, you you get you if you could get in his face, and he can't find somebody. And I mean, I know three seconds is a huge amount of time huge. for Brady to sit back there. But if he has to move to the left, move to the right, shuffle his feet, and he's still caught in that pocket, he's not going to be able to drop them bullets. To the guys that no, are you're open. right, but you don't think they know that? Yes, See, they that, do. And, and that's the yeah, thing. But well, and that's where it comes down to offensive line versus defensive line. Yeah, I mean, you ask me in the, the key, trenches. The, yes. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that, we that know is that. so much of every game. No you know doubt. What I mean? No doubt. Yes. Yeah, and and New England. No. Oh, well, I would say I wouldn't say that New England's number one priority is to stop the rush. I don't know. I I think that's Philly's priority. You got to you got to get to Brady. I don't know. I just feel like New England. Yes, that's definitely one of the things that they need to concern themselves with. But they also have to realize that they got to stop the run. You know what I mean? Like, what do they need to worry about more? I mean, you still got Brady back there. That even if he is getting, you know, even when he gets people in his face, he still puts up three hundred yards and two touchdowns. No, you're right. Like it, it, that's his bad game. So you're it, right. You know what I mean? Is that, that the worst case, or would you rather give up like a buck sixty on the ground to the Eagles? You can't do that either. Well, I don't, here's the thing, though. I don't think that I, I don't think it's the actual run game. I think it's the running backs. You know, you got Deion Lewis, James White. You know, he loves to throw those running backs. 
Yep. He loves to throw to him outside in the flat. Wheel routes. You have Gronkowski. All right, Gronkowski. Look at me. I can't even talk. You have Gronk that goes through the middle, clears out the linebackers. Lo and behold, here's Deion Lewis. Swings into the zone. James White to the outside. He dumps it. They go for 20 yards. I mean, that's one of the biggest problems with New England in trying to defend them. I think it's more of, it's not necessarily about Gronk catching the ball anymore. Because I'll be honest with you, Gronk is not the same guy. But what he is, is he's a force. He's a big guy, clears out. So, yes, you're right. The pass rush has to be there. But what has to be there is the corners have to shut the outside game out. Brandon Cooks, Chris Hogan, who I'm not a big Chris Hogan guy, but those two guys cannot catch the ball. Okay, they can't go deep. Because you know if you shut them down, what happens is you'll force everybody inside. Those crossing routes get shot down. You got Amandol running through the middle. You got Gronk running through the middle. You got the line the, the uh, running backs, James White, Deion Lewis running through the middle. That's the that's where New England beats you. The crossing routes are key. And that's brings me to the linebackers and the Eagles. Okay? The linebackers, you know, listen, preseason. Everyone wanted to trade Michael Kendricks, right? Everybody said Michael Kendricks, got, he wanted to be traded himself. Uh, you know, it's hard for me to, you know, it's hard for me to tip my hat to Howie Roseman, but, you know, Howie Roseman did do a good thing. He held on to him. He made him play. Jordan Hicks goes down. Michael Kendricks has stepped in and f- not not only uh, beautifully, but, you know, he has looked effortless out there. He really has when it's, when it's come to covering the, the running back out in the flat. This kid is athletic as hell. He really is. I mean, you look at the difference between between Michael Kendricks and, and Eric Kendricks in Minnesota. They're two completely different guys. You know, Kendricks in Minnesota, is the, you know, he's more like the Derek Brooks kind of guy. They're more like the Jeremiah Trotter kind of guy. You know, when you look at Michael Kendricks, he's that hybrid guy. The hybrid guy that Andy Reid tried to draft for so many years with. Quentin Caver, and, you know, I, I still remember these names. Uh, you know, Keenan Clayton. I mean, he brought these guys in that he thought were going to be the, the Michael Kendricks who we have now. Okay, that's who we have. So I think Michael Kendricks could actually be one of the most important people on that field, even more important than Nigel Bradham in this game. See, and once again, I differ in your opinion. I mean, yeah, you got I mean, you got to, you got to, basically put everything I mean I'm not even saying shut it down but you have to you can't make, shut it down you have to make sure you can't that shut everything's it down. tight to me you got to stop Gronk and you don't stop Gronk you need to double team him you got to have a linebacker and a safety spine on him that to me is the key because he will eat you up and he is so big you cannot have a single corner on him you can't have safety on him you can't put a linebacker on him now if if that happens, yes, you got to make sure that your corners are keeping that down. And then when you drop the linebacker into coverage on Gronk, what's that open up for the running backs? Right in the middle, man. Exactly. Oh, yeah. So, absolutely. I mean, it's kind of almost a catch 22 or catch 33. Shut down the outside, shut down Gronk, watch the backs out of the backfield. You know what I mean? And yeah, it, it, uh, I mean, one leads listen, to the other. Listen, we know the game plan. Well, and, we get it. And it, it, and that's what's so in, invigorating. It, it, it's so interesting and intriguing that you sit there and you get to watch this chess match. Well, and, and what's what's crazy is, I mean, even a few years ago in, in, the, in the Patriots' earlier Super Bowl runs, they would have so many quick passes to the wide receivers out wide, five yards. Five yards. If you're playing, yep. if you were playing off of them 
in any way, shape, or form, Brady's just hitting it five yards. That's better or better than a run on first down. Don't think you know they're not I mean? watching that, that it's New York Giants film. Well, that you know, that's what they did. They beat the Steelers on it year after year. And one, two, three, and, drop. And one, what, two, three, and drop. And what haven't one, two, three, they drop. been doing? They have not really used that type of game plan much at all this year. They've been doing Gronk up the middle. They've been hitting the running backs, and then they'll take a shot down the, you know, I mean, and the crossing routes with like Amendola, and they'll take a shot with Cooks every once in a while. But they have not been running those same plays that they historically have. Now, whether it's Sunday, well, <laughs> I, I, exactly. Well, it's quite possible. You know what I mean? You never no, know what's going to come up. It's very possible. And, and, and that's the thing. I, I You know, people have asked me all week, uh, you know, what what are your keys to the game? And, and I keep saying, you know, I don't think this is Doug against Belichick. I don't think Doug against Bill is going to decide this game. I think it's Jim against Josh. I really do. I think it's this game because, listen, Tom Brady is the GOAT. Like it or not, he's the greatest quarterback of all time. I don't care what anybody says. I'll argue to that death about Tom Brady. But what I'm saying is Nick Foles is not going to throw for 300-plus yards and four TDs. He's not going to do it, okay? I'm not saying he's not capable of doing it. He's just not going to do it. So I still feel the game plan and the chess match is going to be Jim Schwartz against Josh McDaniels. And I think that's going to be decide the game. I really do because, you know, I, I, I still think Obviously, Nick's going to need to make plays, but come on. Don't give me Patrick Chung. Don't give me Eric Rowe. These guys stink. I know they're in a scheme, and I know Matt Patricia's done a hell of a job out there, but if you need to tell me I'm going to get intimidated by Patrick Chung and Eric Rowe, I'm sorry. Then I definitely shouldn't be playing that Super Bowl game. Okay? But what I'm saying is it's all going to be about not how you stop the GOAT, how you contain the GOAT. He is going to get his points. He is going to get his yards. But you have to contain it. And on top of that, okay, not only do you have to get, you got to get a turnover. And I and, and I know it's tough, but you got to get one. And I think if we can get one, I think that could be king. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, my, my keys were getting Brady's face, stop Gronk, and... Um, and we all, we all know and, that. And I... And I know you already talked about the right. Giants with Justin Tuck in the middle. Listen, you don't think they don't know that we're going to put Brandy Graham in the middle. We all know yep. that. Okay? It's going to be the stunts that happen that they're not prepared for. It's going to be the dropping coverage that they're not going to be prepared for. There's going to – I honestly – I'm going to make a prediction. I, I really do. And, 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 and my prediction is going to be I think you're going to see Malcolm Jenkins play linebacker for 50% of the snaps. And I think he's going to play a Deion Jones role. And I think he's going to be right in the middle. And he's going to be the guy. He's going to be a fourth linebacker. And I don't think they're going to know what to do. I really don't. I think it's going to mess with their heads. That's just my prediction. Because I actually have him getting a pick six in my prediction. But I just think he's that integral to this game plan. Him and Kendricks need to shut down those running backs. And I think that's why they're going to be in there. And I think it's going to happen. Yeah. No, I yeah, I agree. I I think Malcolm Jenkins. Well, we'll get to Malcolm Jenkins in a second when we get to our uh, our other picks there. But, um. So so I mean, listen. I mean, be, besides that, you get it, it, it. Besides that, are you? Do you? What do you think Doug does? See, I that because that, that's the interesting well, part about this. Well, put it this way: I don't know. I don't know that the Patriots' offense or defense game plan matters too much. 
I mean, I'm not saying uh, the game plans always matter, okay? But this is Brady's offense. Brady's going to run it. It's not the same. You don't. I don't feel that you feel the same impact as of a play getting called in to Tom Brady and versus a play getting called in to Nick Foles. That I don't know. Like I just feel that Nick Foles needs the right play called. And he everything he needs a guy that needs to be a little more wide open oh, than Tom Brady would. Absolutely, Tom Brady and, can make things happen. And that's happen. where I feel that the the scheme and the game plan and everything for the Eagles. Put it this way, you have to be at the top of your game in every single facet to beat the Patriots. I mean, you cannot slack off on any one of them. I'm not going to disagree. And my my I'm not third, disagree. my third key is it it got to be Nick Foles has to be efficient. And the whole team has to be efficient. You can't start getting penalties. If you start shooting yourself in the foot, you're done. I mean, you start getting penalties. You, you're right. You know what I mean? You're right. And, and but but I'll tell you what, I, I don't maybe I'm wrong here, but I'm not scared of this New England defense. Oh, it's no I'm really not. I'm no, I'm not hey I'm this, not. This goes back to you pretty much through the playoffs, you know, until the NFC championship <laughs> game. I'm not scared of the Patriots defense either. I'm I'm and I'm not scared of the Jekyll and Hyde Foles, but he got to have a good game. I'm not worried about the defense he's playing against. I mean, we saw him throw up a couple duds. I know he played lights out last game. He played he, he played good the game before. Very John, efficient. He's, play, he's playing I'm, in a dome. He, right, he's playing in a dome. Understood. But okay. I'm saying the point is, you know, if you go through the past six weeks, you've been up on Foles, down on Foles, up on Foles. You know what I mean? It's you really haven't gotten to. I mean, we know who he is. He can show up, but I definitely we don't know, know who he, he will. So the key to me, Eagles got to be able to move the ball. They got to be able to move the ball, and the it's same key as last week. I mean, in reality, you got to he got to be efficient on third downs. You know what I mean? Third down is you get to third and two, great. Third and four, eh. If it's third and eight, you start getting penalties, sacks, whatever it may be. I mean, you're putting in Nick Fole, You're putting Nick Foles in a, a tough situation, and I'm not sure that he's the best guy to be able to overcome it. To put it lightly, nah, not listen, that he can't do listen, it. I don't disagree. It's with just you. I don't, don't disagree. You got to put. I mean, it's not to get off on a tangent, but even <laughs> even like it's soccer, your goalie or excuse me, my goalie basically never lets up a goal. The defense folded. It's not always, you know what I mean? It's not. Oh, absolutely. It's it's not always. I mean, it's a lot of things that have to go right around the quarterback. You know what I mean? To No, you're right. I mean, listen, they're going to have to come out. They're going to have to stay out of third and long. Right. Nick Foles cannot play third and long. Right. Okay. And that was a big thing in the Minnesota game. It wasn't third and long. There was a couple plays he had third and long. And he could, you know, obviously he converted, but the third down percentage was so high because they were running the ball with yep. ease, five, six, seven yards against that uh, defense, right? Which makes me, you know, listen, uh, you know, not that not, two things. One of two things are going to happen. Okay, let's let's just face it. Okay, what the Patriots are going to win or the Eagles? The, are gonna no, win. no, no, no. <laughs> well, that, that too, but the Eagles are either going to come out on fire like they were against Minnesota or they're going to lay a complete dud. One of two things is going to happen. There's going to there's going to be no in between. So, my money and we'll get the predictions now. My money is they're going to come out on fire. Okay, this team, I've been up and down. You know, I've never been up and down on a team. I've been up and down on a coach. And he's the most important part of this of this franchise right now. Let's face it. You know, our hands, our fate, 
lies in Doug Peterson's hands, okay? So, I I told you before, you know, all bets are off. This isn't an analyst week. This isn't about who does what good, who does what bad. This is to bleed green, okay? That's what you do. I said it today on Fox. I'm a homer. It's okay to be a homer now. This is when you become a homer. So, I'm going all in, man. I am. I'm going all in. If I had a bet on black or I had a bet on red, whoever the Eagles were, that's who I'm going with. I'm putting the house on the Eagles. I have a feeling. I don't know what it is. Okay, I think it's going to be a closer game than the Minnesota game. My prediction is going to be 24-23. And a nail-biter that's ended with a pick six for my man, Malcolm Jenkins. Into the end zone, MVP. Eagles win. Let's party on Broad Street for at least a week. No school on Monday. That's pretty impressive. At 24-23. I'm feeling it, man. I'm feeling it. Oh, I'm feeling it. So, uh, all right. I'm saying. I'll take it. So, I'm saying we're we're going in. Two minutes after the game. Okay? Three minutes, whatever it is. Down six. We're down 23-17. That's what I'm calling. Right. And then Malcolm Jenkins wins. I like I, it. I, I just, I mean, I, I don't know, man. I just had the feeling. I just had, and, and, and real fast, before you get to yours, I know people may be sitting out there thinking, well, if they're up 23-17 with three minutes left, why are they, why are they not going to run the ball? Because they're arrogant. They're arrogant, <laughs> okay? And Belichick's going to say, put it to their throat. He's going to throw the ball, and guess what? He's going to get burnt. That's my prediction. I like it. I like it. All right. Well, so I'm, what do you got, Mister PGH John Thirty Six? Well, I'll tell you. You know, you, I got a higher score than you do. First of all, wow. Okay. Because okay. you got it, a barn burner. Well, it it's a tale of two halves. I mean, in reality, and I guarantee you, in the second half, New England's going to put up fourteen points. All right. Okay. That's just what uh, they do. Yeah. If they they could be down fourteen at halftime. It I can doesn't see that. matter. So, what you hope is you got a lead at halftime. You hope Nick Foles could put up 10 points to balance off Brady's 14. I'm going 31-27 in favor of the Eagles. Wow, 31 Now, re- remember, okay. remember okay. I'm sorry, guys, but remember my record on picks. I mean... Yeah, it's not too uh, well. It's not too good. But That's okay, though. My mind's yeah, very good. good. So we even out. Yeah, I think you we even I mean? out. So yeah, I, I'm going 31 27. As long as it's an Eagles and, win, I like You it. know, and we didn't talk about this before the show whatsoever. We no. just said, let's pick. We ad libbed this. I, I, 100%. I threw out there. I said, yeah, let's pick three three guys that you think could win the MVP. So, I mean, I'll, I'll go with the one that, you know, our Tom Brady. That's an easy one. New England wins. Brady gets Oh, so we're going either team. Whoever. I'm just saying, if if I said, hey, I'll I'll put 20 bucks that one of these three guys win it. Whatever okay. team, doesn't matter. Okay. So, I'm going Tom Brady at number three. I'm going Fletcher Cox at number two. And I got Malcolm Jenkins at number one. I think he's going to have a pick, and what? it may be a pick. Six, and we didn't plan this. We did not We didn't plan this, this okay? So... That's that's interesting. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna a little different. I'm going all green. Screw Tom Brady. Okay, he's not even in the conversation. Okay, so I'm gonna go number three, Fletcher Cox. Number two, Jake Elliott, and number one, who 
Malcolm Jenkins. Because I, I in one two Jenkins Elliott because I think it's gonna be a close game and I think either Jenkins ends the game or hell think about this storyline, right, for a second. Here Jake Elliott, who could have been with the who who, who was drafted by the Bengals, right? Was that, that horrific franchise out there. Okay. Drafted by the Bengals. And who does he get beat out by? Randy friggin' Bullock. 41-year-old cast off from the from the Texans. How good of a year did he have? Okay. Great job, Cincinnati. So he comes story fairy tale, right? The fairy tale story is told. He comes to Philadelphia. Caleb Sturgis gets hurt. He comes to Philadelphia. And he hit, what was it, 63 yarder this yeah. year? Right? I mean, and then MVP of the Super Bowl. I could see it, man. I, I actually, I'm getting chills. I'm getting chills right now to see it happen. Dude, if he goes, really if he goes five for five and field goals, lock it up. That's what lock I'm saying. You, you don't know, man. You really don't know. I mean, anything can happen in this game. Anything, okay? Anything can happen. It's the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, like, oh, hey, listen. We, we've seen anything happen and so you know, many times. You know, I mean, come on. David Tyrese, Antonio Holmes. I mean, come on. Listen, the, the, you know, obviously, the, the, the play, there's going to be that one play. You know there's going to be that Leon one play. Leon, let's fumble. <laughs> I mean, I just, oh, my. There, there, it never ends. If there every is single a, Super Bowl. Uh, I mean, every try, single one. Try to, try to, yeah, right. Try to go back and think of what Super Bowl didn't have something crazy happen. Always. There's always something. Always something. It wasn't last year. Danny Amendola, right? When, when, when the ball bounced all over and he felt Danny Amendola. I mean, again, there's always something. Just if the football guys are listening right now, help your boy out. Help your boy Tony out. And please let us be on the side of the prayer. It's all I'm asking. Just one time. One time. It's all I'm asking. <laughs> yeah. I, Not too much. I, I, I burnt my shot about two weeks ago. <laughs> So maybe you'll get better luck. <laughs> so you know, and, and that brings us to say, listen, uh, uh, dude, we could talk about the Eagles forever. We we, we could, and, and we did. Hey, we we, we may, did. we may, we may, we may keep it running all off season. Yeah. You know what I mean? Why listen, not? Listen, it, it, when they win, the Eagles will be a topic on every show, on every week, on every episode, every Wednesday, twelve to one. I guarantee. Who said guarantee? You're not a wrestling guy. The Rock, I guarantee that we will be talking about something that has to do with the Philadelphia Eagles every week throughout this all season. I really do. Oh, you got to, man. Hey, you win it all. We'll, we'll, we'll have to figure out a little uh, party or something we could do every single week. You know what I mean? So, for you who, who aren't seeing this, and, and, and we're going to flip the script a little bit, and we're going to end the show on a little fantasy note here because, listen – we're, you know, a lot, of, a lot of shows say they're four for four, right? And they say they're four for four because they go football, they go baseball, they go basketball, they go hockey. I'm going to say we're four for four because we go football, basketball, baseball, and fantasy. Because no disrespect to the hockey people out there, I'm just not a hockey guy. I grew up, I'll be honest with you, I grew up as a hockey fan. Okay, I really did. I had a Ron Sutter jersey, man. Ron Sutter. I, I I had my inline skates. I played foot. I played foot hockey. Played skate hockey. I did it all. But unfortunately, our four for four is going to be fancy. So I get to sit here 
And you guys, they're not seeing this right now, but maybe we'll take a picture of it. We'll throw it on the website. We'll throw it on the Facebook page. Throw it on the Twitter page. But, you know, I got to sit here through this championship belt staring me in the face of one, you know, Mr. John Coker, Mr. Fancy Champion himself over here. I got to look at the gold, and I'm a wrestling guy. So, you know, shots out, you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to say I'm the new Shinsuke Nakamura because I'm going to take that belt this year. So we're going to talk a little fantasy baseball talk right here. And I know it's football week, but we we have to. We threw a vote out on, out on at the heat ratio. If you're not following us, please follow us as soon as you can. Everybody's getting on board. We had a bunch of people vote, which is great. And obviously, John's going to talk a little fantasy because he's a stat guy. So I just threw a quick question out there because I still think pitching wins championships when it comes to fantasy baseball. Whether you're a roto, whether you're a, a, a roto league, whether you're a head-to-head league, total points league, whatever you are, I still think pitching wins championships. And I will tell you, I'm taking a pitcher in the first round every damn year. Okay, so my question after the Twitterverse and after the fantasy fans out there was one pitcher. Who's the first pitcher selected? Is it Kershaw? Is it Max Scherzer? Or is it Chris Sale? I'm going Kershaw because I'm going to tell you what. Game by game, year by year, he is the most consistent starting pitcher of fantasy. Am I wrong? He has been up until last year when he started having some back issues. He oh, was okay. Uh, it's a long season, a, man. I don't disagree with you, but he yes, he was the model of consistency, especially in terms of health for a starting pitcher nowadays. And the ratios and numbers he put up year after year. I plug, mean, plug I'm ratio, like, I like that. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Man, the heat on them ratios. Wow, had, I know? love it. But, um, no, I mean, and it wasn't just two, three years. I'm talking six, seven years, sub three ERA, sub one whip. I mean, you know, the wins. He, I, he's been a model of consistency but then he started having them back issues, and he's he did. Had, he did. He's had a heck of a workload on his arm over the past, you know, seven eight years. I mean, pitching all them all them strikeouts, man. It takes a it takes a lot of pitches to build up strikeouts that are in the. So it sounds like you're not taking him as your first pitcher. That would be correct. I'm gonna nor, guess. Nor will I Hold be. On. Nor will I be taking a pitcher in the first round. So yeah, but, but I, uh, okay, I, but 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 what what uh, it, it, whether it's first second round? Yeah. The question basically was. What's the first pitcher selected? I'm going Scherzer. Are you? I'm going. Scherzer. So you're you're riding that game that year last year, huh? No, he no, he's done it throughout. He hasn't been as consistent no. as Kershaw. No, past two years he did it. He had a little blip, you know, earlier in his career. His career numbers don't look that good because his first four or five years. I mean, his his ERA was ERA uh, ERA wasn't terrible, but out. yeah, it wasn't terrible. But I mean, it wasn't to where it has been since he got back from um, from Detroit back to Washington again. You know what I mean? So I'm looking at him. What it comes down to is I don't see Kershaw putting up 230 innings like he has in the past. I see it being closer to 200 with his back. So was that is that that big of a deal? No, 30 innings? No, but if you if you bop down 30 innings, you're bopping down 30 Ks. So instead of 340 Ks, he's at 314 Ks. Yeah, but, it, you, but you can make that off somewhere else, can't you? Scherzer is going to be putting out. He's averaged about 260 strikeouts for the past three-plus years. So that's an additional 50 Ks on top of Kershaw. Wait, you just had 260. 
Yeah, 260 strikeouts. And so Kershaw's got 300 strikeouts. He ain't got 300. He's... I thought you just said he had 300. No, 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 no. Uh, no, he has, he'll, he'll be pitching 200 innings. All right. Okay. He used to. He would. He would get about two hundred forty, two hundred fifty Ks a year in two in two hundred twenty okay. innings. Okay. You knock down innings by thirty. You're knocking down his Ks by thirty. Is my point. So All he's right. getting. So I look at Scherzer. He has. How a, about the team? Do you look at the team? Got to look yeah, at I wins. Well, it's right. Like, it's the Nationals. I mean, it's not like the, or the Nationals. Dodgers. Right. Well, the other thing is, I can see L.A. going to a six man rotation. Their rotation uh, is so deep. I could see them. Is it really? Oh, yeah. They got so many young guys coming up, too. And, yep, absolutely. I could see They did it towards the end of last year. And I could just see what it is. It's not that the ratios won't be there. Put it this way. Especially, you said, if if you're taking Kershaw or Scherzer, you're getting it's first two rounds. Forget for for round one, round two. It has to be first two rounds. And what I'm not doing is I'm not putting my money into a pitcher that may have his workload workload reduced, and he has even if it's a minor back thing. You're right, long seasons. He's done it year after year, but you know he's now seven years older than when he started doing it year after year. I'm just gonna say, you know what? I ain't, I ain't spending my money in the first or second round on. I mean, okay, that's so what, and that's fine. That's I mean, fine. I do have him a solid him and Sale. Those are the top three. Hands down, and I will be playing to get whichever one can fall to me in the second round. So, so okay. So listen. Obviously, if I say who's going to be your your top pick, okay, I'm going to throw Trout. Let's throw Trout out. Let's throw Harper out. Besides Mike Trout, besides Bryce Harper, who I I'll tell you right now, and people out there who who don't follow me. Okay, just start to follow me now. I took a lot of heat for this. I did. And John might throw me some heat too. But I said if I had a chance to sign Mike Trout or Bryce Harper, I would go Bryce Harper every day of the week. And people said I was crazy. Okay? Listen, I'm just saying, at their age and what they do, hear me out. Okay? Mike Trout is not going to steal 40 bags when he's 34. It's not going to do it, okay? Bryce Harper is going to try to steal 40 bags, okay? So what I'm saying is I think with Bryce Harper, you're getting more power, okay? That's what you're getting. And if you want a left-handed power bat, that, that's who I think you sign. So fantasy perspective, Trout off the board, Harper off the board. Who's number three? Who's the number three bat right right, right off the top? Well, i I don't have Harper two. Get I, out of here! And I don't have Harper one either. Who's number two? Jose Altuve. Oh, stop! You can hey, he I'm, is. I, I he's top five for his batting average. He he bats twenty points higher than your next best guy. Yeah, but, but what are you looking at? Are you going Roto or are you going head to head? I'm talking Roto. Okay, see I'm that's talk, different. I'm talking Roto because he's an all around player. Right. Let's go head to head. You got it. Well, then you, one or two. Yeah, you have to go uh, power, but I'm still probably not taking Harper. I would go Goldschmidt or Arenado. Goldschmidt. I would he had go a down he, year last year, and I, I don't I care did, if he had uh, a down year last year. I'm not playing last year's fantasy. I'm playing this year's <laughs> fantasy. You want to talk about consistency? I'll uh, put Goldschmidt's numbers up against Harper's any day. I'd take Harper any day of the week, man. And when and I'm not any say, day of the week. Well, you know, and and let's not well, think about this. Goldschmidt's a first baseman, correct? 
Yeah. Okay. He, he's not outfield eligible, is he? No. Right. So, there's a lot more first basemen that hit for power than outfielders. Okay? In, in my, in, yeah, in my opinion. Yeah, there's a right? lot, there's a lot so more. So, you can get... Okay, so Bryce... Uh, Paul Goldsmith. What did he hit last year? 45? 46? 42? No, he was 38? No, but he probably had 22 stolen bases and batted over 300. Yeah, but again, I, I think you can find that. I think you can find that. You cannot yeah. find it. You cannot find a guy that's going to go. Oh, get <laughs> out of here! Yeah, <laughs> listen, he's a he's a great player, and he he's going he is to a be great a player. great player. Third round is, pick, third fourth well, round pick, easy. I know. I can't wait to get in the league with you. Is all I got to say. <laughs> I cannot wait to get in the league with you. Listen. you oh man, you're listen. Have did you watch? Team. But 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 did you, did you watch any of his games last yes, year? I did. All, this all kid three is months, locked. All three but months he's locked in. I is was, he not? And he plays in a park that me or you could probably hit a home run the right field in. Okay? So let's not forget that either. Let's not forget that. Paul Goldsmith plays in Arizona. It's not that easy to hit a, a home runs in Arizona, right? What's his batting average going to be? Hoskins. Who, Hoskins? Yeah. Oh, probably 270, 275. That's on the... On the yeah, that's on the good what, you side. you think he's going to hit 240? I think he's going to hit 260. Okay, so what? Dude, I'm not getting a guy in the first round or in the third round. Oh, uh, I, I said mean, third or home? fourth round. Okay, third or fourth round. So, so hold I'll, on. No, I'll hold take on. I'll take yeah. him in the fourth round. Possibly, you got to see who's there though. Okay, so he's first round you take Kershaw. He's going to get you the RBIs. He's going to get so you. So you take runs. Kershaw in the first round. I would. I'm just but, okay. hypothetically. All right. All right. So if okay, I take wait. Kershaw in the first round, I got a lot of work to do to get my hitting up. Why? Hitting is a dime a dozen. All right. Dime a dozen. Think about guys who finished last year, right? And I and I know we can elaborate on this more next week, but you know, think I'm going to give you some homework here. You know, Tony's going to give John some homework this week. I want the last two months, the last two months of the of, of the baseball season. I want the top five guys, not for the whole year. In those two months, home runs, RBIs, and I guarantee you, some of those guys weren't even drafted. Oh, absolutely. Well, well, again, I agree. You win with pitching. You win with pitching. I'll tell you what. One year, and I'm not going to toot my own horn. One year, I won. Okay, two years ago, 2015, which I think is the year you have your belt. But we were in different leagues. Okay, but that year, I had Kershaw, I had Chris Sale, I had you Darvish. Okay, I had guys that were studs, and you yeah. know what? I threw any old bats out there that were hot for that week, and I still won. Because you got lucky and hit on them, though. I don't you, think you so. Hit on, I don't you think hit so. But you're, you're you're more likely to hit on a on a batter than a pitcher. And my that's just my own. Well, how was Ver, how was Verlander this past year? Stunk. In the end, for the first half of the year, he stunk. He did. He stunk. But you weren't drafting him in the, in the first three rounds. I drafted him in the fourth round. Well, as, as guess my, what, buddy? Then I got to get in the league. No, in. as my number fourth two. Round. As my number two before, I forget who I had who no got way. injured. No way. Oh, yeah. No. I And then I had Garrett Cole oh, that I drafted another... to back him up. How'd he do? But, well, he didn't do too good, <laughs> now did he? They shipped him I'm out just, of Pittsburgh. I'm just saying, man. You, I, But I, pitching... Hitting is more consistent and easier to predict and project than pitching. Kershaw, yes, I'll give it to you. 
Darvish, he's easy to project, all right? But you got a ton of guys out there. Chris Sale could get injured, you know what I mean? Darvish gets injured. Kershaw hurts his back, you know what I mean? No, you're there, right. There, you're there's right. so many injuries I, 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 that I happen to pitchers. And when, they, when a pitcher gets... Cindergard, Matt Harvey, how many of them guys did you take? You know what I mean? And then there all of a party. sudden... Right, but he I was... I like go, his girlfriend. Well, but he was still at the top, you know what I mean? <laughs> the, the thing is... And he's a Met, by the way. Pitching is more injury prone. I'm not it disagreeing is. with it, you. It, you it can absolutely find, You is. can find 50 guys out there that are going to go and hit you 20 home runs, 75 ribbies. I'm not saying that you can't, but you got to hit on your pitching for it to work. It's not just it's not just drafting the guys there. I drafted Strasburg to work. Like I've drafted for good pitching staffs, not necessarily in the first or second, but then going hard like back to back, third, fourth, sixth round. You know, stacking them up. But you gotta have, you gotta stay healthy, I found, man. I found John's passion. You gotta stay. I, healthy. Listen, I found John's passion. I love it, and and. And again, we could talk about this. See, and we're going to transition this show, you know, in a couple of weeks over to some fantasy talk, a lot more heavily related, uh, especially with the drafts coming up. We're going to have a, a fantasy baseball draft, a heat ratio draft. So, uh, you know, we're going to, whoever wants to get in our league, we'll, we'll, we'll keep track of it. It'll be fun. Uh, but again, you know, we're, we got to wind this down. Again, we could talk forever about who's better at fantasy, which I'm going to show it's me this year, but... Uh, we could talk. We could talk. We could talk forever. Uh, we're gonna, maybe we'll get on Periscope. Show you the John's uh, his, his his belt, the only belt that he that he has and that he's gonna have. That's the only one but, in the uh, studio. Uh, man. Okay, but it took one year hiatus. But again, okay, this is Super Bowl week. Okay, we talked Eagles. We talked fans. We talked a lot of things. Okay, live in a moment. That's all I'm gonna say. Absolutely. Live in a moment, right? Live in a moment. Let this be a fantastic week. Make your memories, okay? Go to your parties, whether you're in Minnesota, whether you're in Philly. Uh, obviously, you know, we, you know, do your thing, okay? Don't let, let, let anybody tell you how to act as long as you're not being violent, obviously. Okay, just, you know, this is going to be a, a wonderful celebration. Okay, we have a lot of things going on at the Heat Ratio. Uh, again, keep listening to us live every Wednesday, 12 to 1, Wildfire Sports. Get a, at the Heat Ratio on Twitter. We're going to be live, broadcasting live this Saturday. Uh, Wildfire Sports going to have a pet rally for 3 to 7. We're going to go live at 6 o'clock. So if you listen to us, tune in on a Wildfire app, Wildfire Sports online. We're going to be teaming up 4th and John. We're going to be going live from 6 to 7. There's also going to be a lot of other shows, 215 Live, 4th and Go, who I've been on, uh, good friends of the club. Okay, they're going to be on uh, between 3 and 6. So, Again, if you can get out there, it's going to be the Green Turtle out in Montgomery County. We'd love to meet you, shake some hands, maybe even pop on for a cameo. Who knows? But, uh, again, everybody have a safe week. Everybody have an enjoyable week. We'll be watching. Can't wait to talk about the Eagles Super Bowl victory next week. I'm T. Cotillo. I'm Tony Cotillo at T. Cotillo 23 signing off. This is my co-host, John Coker at PGH John 36 Damn, I am on a roll with that. And, again, until next week, we'll see you then. All right. Talking Eagles Super Bowl win, baby. Have a good one.